Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that there is more to confidence in the bedroom or the kitchen or the sex club or a stairwell or the woods or wherever you are. There's so much more to sex wherever you do it than just jackhammering away. But if all you're missing in your relationship is some mutually beneficial stiffness, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office with the doctors that never got trained in sex ed and how to talk to people about it, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They say that there is nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Of course, I know you sweet listeners know that using confidence to connect, if you can be confident enough to be really vulnerable with someone, to communicate, to create a safe space that you occupy together, that is super hot. That's the foundation of a connection. And if you have a boner, that can definitely help you do certain things that you know that I love, just as long as you don't skip all the other stuff too. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. And as they say, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER. At checkout, you just pay $5 shipping. That is bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Hello, lovely humans. My name is Wyo Lee, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we share intimate stories about intimate things in an effort to improve sex lives everywhere. And my guest today is Shayna. Welcome, Shayna. Thank you. Would you like to introduce yourself for our guests? Yes. Okay. My name is Shayna. I'm 23 years old. I'm a filmmaker and a photographer. I'm a queer person. I identify as non-binary in my gender. And I'd say I'm gay. So I date primarily non-binary people. Awesome. I would love to hear a little bit about your sex life, starting with the early stuff. Mm -hmm. So eventually we'll get to the current stuff, mm -hmm. but give us a little snapshot of your upbringing, background, and early sexual memories, pretty please. Okay. I grew up in a middle to upper class household in San Diego, a Jewish household. Religious wise, we're reformed Jews, so like not very religious, you know, like had the rituals and would celebrate like the big holidays, but not much else. And yeah, I think sex, you know, it was something that was taboo in my household. I don't think it was as intense as other households that I've heard of, but it was basically just something we didn't really talk about. Growing up, I remember sex ed, like, you know, it was pretty awful. Like in fifth grade, we I learned about women's periods. In sixth grade, I just distinctly remember learning about men having wet dreams and men ejaculating <laughs> in, in their school? sleep in school. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like fifth grade, women have periods. Sixth grade, men have wet dreams. <laughs> and then like, I feel like a reiteration of that in seventh and eighth grade. And then high school was like very horrifying because I went to a big public high school, like uh -huh. no religious affiliation of any kind. 
And they just used scare tactics. Like they had a group come in and I distinctly remember like them telling us like, if you get chlamydia and it goes untreated, you will become blind. Like just like horrible, oh, yeah. scary things yeah. that were like, oh God, why would I ever have sex? I and will I feel die. Like they always talk about to lose the trick, getting syphilis, right? Yeah. Get syphilis. And they're like, yeah, you died. Yeah. So yeah, it was just really scary. And that's all really. But I think, okay, sorry. Ask yeah, no, question. no, no. So zero sex talk from your parents. Yeah, I really don't remember any. Wow. Do you have siblings? I do. I'm the youngest of three. Did they talk about sex with you at all? No, mm. I don't think so. Did you ever ask questions or were you just like, hmm? Um, I, th- I feel like because I'm the youngest of three, I, like I've been aware just of like more explicit things like sex, drugs. Rock, rock and roll. And roll. <laughs> Okay. Yes. We're so sex, gone. drugs, and rock and roll have been a part of my life since I was very young. <laughs> no, not really. But I feel like I just was always aware of them. Mm-hmm. Just being the youngest. Like I remember I would, as a, for sure, like as a 12 year old, maybe even younger, I have a sister who's six years older than me and I would steal her gossip girl books and read them when mm-hmm. I was like, you know, like 12 or something. And mm-hmm. so I remember like reading about like people's like first sexual experiences at like you know, high-class boarding oh, schools and Gossip Girl. <laughs> in a fiction novel. <laughs> yeah. Great. And also Degrassi. I think that's maybe one of the first uh-huh. places I learned about sex. And again, like, wasn't allowed to watch that show. Would, like, hide behind the couch while my older sister was watching it and watch it, too. Wow. <laughs> Aren't you too young for Degrassi? Was there a, rever- a rebirth of Degrassi? So there was, but I'm too old for that one. So I was, like, a kid, like, maybe yeah. eight. Okay, so you like, were watching the old reruns. Yeah, got I was it. watching like, got it, got it, you know. Okay, so that is, so from media, mm-hmm. and do you remember your early thoughts and feelings around sex or the idea of sex? And then how did that factor into your sexuality? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's something I've always been really curious about and interested in. I don't feel like I, I ever like wanted, like had any desire to like save myself for marriage. And maybe that's because I didn't really grow up in a, religious household or at least like a household that was had a religion that restricted sex Mm -hmm. but that being said my parents are very conservative so I don't know I feel like like I always wanted to do it and I always knew I would do it Mm. and but I was scared of it like I remember in seventh grade one of my first boyfriends someone told me he wanted to touch my boobs so I broke up with him really (laughs) because I was so yeah I mean that's yeah Yeah, I was 12 I was 12 yeah Yeah. that's pretty young that's I mean that's a good that sounds like a wise choice. Yeah, maybe. That's uh, okay. So when you were younger too, it sounds like based on what I'm hearing, you were imagining sex with men early on. Yeah, I think I was. Yeah, I think as a kid that I feel like was the only narrative that was told to me. Yeah. And so it was the only, and you know, I'm basically like the only sex I'm seeing is in books and in TV shows and that sex is very straight. Yeah. Um yeah, I do kind of remember like a, a two like female, like I guess lesbian or queer characters in Degrassi. It was Hazel and Paige, if you recall. <laughs> they're, they're like best friends and like I think one of them's gay. I don't totally remember at all. But basically I remember being framed very negatively and like one of them was gay and one of them was straight and they were best friends. And then they start dating and everyone was like very like accusatory, like you turned her gay, like oh what's gosh. wrong with you? So that I guess, you know, it's like there was, you know, just always like shame and fear in regards to like 
two women being together. Yeah. And it just felt like something that like I didn't, I get, like I had a few really bad examples of it uh-huh. growing up, but I never, it never, I never knew any gay people. So it wasn't like an option. Like I didn't know people really could be gay and like be successful and happy. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> so how did that evolve for you? And uh, if you would care to work into that, what were some of your early sexual experiences? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there might be some overlap. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, I would say, so some of my first sexual experience, well, all of my first sexual experiences were with men. Mm. And yeah, like I remember making out in middle school and like being very underwhelmed and thinking it was pretty gross, but like- <laughs> What were the gross parts? Just like a lot of saliva, like (laughs) in my face where I didn't want it, like around my mouth. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's all I really remember. Like I remember making out someone on a trampoline and being like, this is so gross. (laughs) (laughs) I think he like tasted like, you know, like some fruity gum and it was like very not, it was just gross. (laughs) And I think there's, you know, like people were like, oh, like you're supposed to like write your name with your tongue. And I feel like that person was like doing that, but like all over my face. Oh man. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. And then, okay. And then, like, sexual intercourse. Like, when I was, like, 15, yeah, I had my first boyfriend. And I honestly, like, was totally in love with him. Mm -hmm. Like, 100%. I've written a lot of poems about it. (laughs) Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the experiences that you shared together. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, we started dating when we were, like, 15 years old. Like... I think, you know, I think we were both, yeah, we were definitely both each other's like first kind of everything, I guess, if you're going to frame it in that context. I mean, yeah, I mean, that is not necessarily a context. Like I was thinking of the virginity context, but more Mm -hmm. like, you know, we were the first people who we explored like sex with. And I think like I was very clearly (laughs) based on the phone, like I was so in love with him And, like, we just got along so much and had so many things in common. And sex was just, like, just not enjoyable. And Mm -hmm. I thought that's just, like, what sex was. And I just, like, think I didn't really understand, like, why people were so obsessed with sex. I remember, like, I don't know, like, give him a hand job or a blow job or something. And be like, what do you want me to do to you? And I'd be like, can you just, like, rub my back? (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And I don't think I knew what the, ter- well, I know I was going to say like, I don't think I knew the term asexual. Maybe I would have identified with that at the time, but I don't think I would. Cause I feel like I've always been very sexual. So it just was like, it was just like a huge letdown. Like, yeah. yeah. It sounds I was like, like it didn't match up with you, the excitement yeah. from what you had like read and totally. seen on Degrassi. Yeah. Come on Degrassi. Come on Degrassi. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. So what were the parts of sex that weren't great for you like do you remember specifically what it was that you didn't enjoy um yes I think like I really even just with my platonic friends like I'm a very like physically just like touchy person and I like to show affection like with all sorts of people through like cuddling and touch so I always liked cuddling and I always Mm -hmm. liked holding hands and even I think like making out I think it's just like when our clothes started coming off And, like, there'd be a penis inside me. I would be like, okay, this is um, uncomfortable and Mm. not enjoyable. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. And it also just was always, like, I think my whole, the whole part of my life where I had sex with with cis men, it was just always all about them. And 
most of them had no regard for like whether or not I was experiencing pleasure. And even some of them did, like not all of them. I think also it's interesting because like I have had good sex with, with cis men before where like I came and I enjoyed myself and they were very like kind and um, like in tune with me and my body and still just like, I don't know, like I'm just so gay. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I, think, I love that. Like, I think it's really, I mean, I think it's really sad that like I've had better sex with cis men than a lot of straight women have. And yeah. I'm so gay. Like, I didn't even want that mm. sex. Like, that sex should be for someone else who needed it. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> What can you just tell me? Like, what's the feeling to have sex with a man where you're just like, whatever, I don't care that you're a man or I don't care. Like, what is that feeling like? Like, like, what do you mean? I don't know. Like, I, I like all the people. Yeah. Like, I am just like attracted to anyone. Okay. Yeah. Like, not. I mean, not not literally every yeah. single person, but I types of people. I. It's just a feeling, uh-huh. and so I, I personally, don't know what it's like to have sex with someone and be just sort of like it sounds like maybe I don't want to put words in your mouth yeah disconnected because of Mm -hmm. gender identity or just that lack of connection or just can you talk a little bit about what what it feels like yeah I think that I would have never been able to verbalize it because I didn't really know it was happening until I started like having sex with women and other non-binary people Mm. and I had the like aha moment of like oh Tell me about the aha moment. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So like I'd say I I dated like multiple men after my first like boyfriend and it was just kind of the same in terms of like I loved them and I still love all of them. I also like I love everyone I've ever loved. Like I still love you. I'll always love you. (laughs) I feel the same way. Yeah. Like so like I had a deep emotional connection with a lot of them and it just, I don't know, I guess in, it's like really weird to think about. Cause it's like when I'm thinking about the good sex I had with men, I would kind of like just be using them as like a dildo in a <laughs> way. Like, like I would not want them to move. Using men as a dildo. Yeah. <laughs> Stay right there. Oh my God. No. And I really? think like think it was hot, but I was like, I genuinely just like, don't want, I want you to pretend <laughs> that you're not a person. You're like, she's a dumb. You're like, no, I'm gay. <laughs> And I'm using you as a dildo. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm having a vision right now. I might end up cutting this out. Of you with, like, a dude that's just laying there versus, like, a suction cup dildo. Yeah. And, like, just, like, going back and forth and being like, silicon. (laughs) Just, like, popped into my brain. Uh, Yeah. I mean, honestly. I think, okay, here's another thing that really helped me realize I was gay. Well, having sex with women was a big one. That <laughs> That's when you realized. It wasn't leading up to that. It was like in the process. Yeah, yeah kind of. Because sure. I guess I identified it. I Throughout, since maybe I was like 16, I'd say I identified as bisexual. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't know any gay women or really gay people in general and didn't like know how to be gay or queer. Like yeah. I just didn't know how to yeah. talk to people of the same gender as me. In a romantic way. I'm there right now. I'm 29 and I'm just like, hi. (laughs) You look nice. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. I'm scared. Yeah. So that was me for a a while. Um, So yeah, I don't know. What was I going to say? Your aha moment. Oh, okay. So I, (laughs) 
worked at this summer camp that uh, I like has such a special place in my heart. I love it so much. Um, it's a Jewish summer camp located in like the woods in Yosemite or right outside Yosemite. Oh, so it's really, really special. And the staff like all swim naked in the river on our breaks. <gasps> <laughs> yeah. Perfect. The, the Tuolumne River like runs through the camp. Yeah. And so everyone skinny dips. And that was a confusing time for me to be unclear in my queerness and be around just like gorgeous naked people all the time. So I was there the first summer, like I was 19. Then maybe the next summer I went, I was like 20 or 21. So yeah, I was at this summer camp and I was talking with someone who had been my friend for a while, um, who like I definitely had a crush on, but like I was at the point where I didn't, I had a crush on every girl I knew and just was, had no idea how to proceed. Yeah. How to proceed, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm just going to pretend like I don't have these feelings. Cause I, or, I mean, for a while, I was like, well, everyone has these feelings, right? I was like, oh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> you don't want to have sex with all your friends? Oh, yeah. No, I don't either. That oh, would be that's weird. so funny that you say that. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, the aha moment was like, I was talking to this girl. I don't know how it got brought up, but it got brought up that both of us were queer and both of us, like, had slept maybe with, like, like, I don't know, had either been interested in sleeping with women or had already slept with women. And I was just like, I don't know how to do it. Like, yeah. I want to. Yeah. And man, like, I wish that someone would just like, come show me how. And I mean, like, okay. I, I literally had to have, like, I was like, hey, couple, yeah. dude, you show me what to do. Then I'll practice on your girlfriend. Like, that was my introduction. <laughs> I literally had someone show me. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So, um. So basically she was like, well, here's what you should do. Like, if you're like, have a crush on someone and you're in a conversation with them, like, even if you've never had a girlfriend before, like, if a song comes on, be like, oh, my ex-girlfriend showed me this song. So then they'll like radar you as queer and like, they'll perceive you as Ooh. queer and they'll be able to like, just have that in their mind. And then maybe something more would happen if you, like maybe then they'll reveal to you that they're also queer. And I was like, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a good idea. So we just had this long conversation about outing yourself to other people yes. you think might be queer. Yep. And then like a few days later, like it was kind of cute. Like we'd maybe like leave some notes in each other's mailboxes. They'd be like, oh, what time's your break today? Like, do you want to hang out? But we had like been friends. Yeah. And then, yeah, like one night we were like looking at the stars near the river with like a big group of people and we were just kind of like cuddling and we ended up um, going we, I, I don't know. She was like, oh, I'm kind of tired. I think I'm going to go back. Like, do you want to come? And I was like, okay, like, sure. And then we, <laughs> I know. And then we literally went to, this is at a summer camp. So we went to a swing set and we're like, oh I my God. We're like on the swings. I have like more posts about this. Like it's, it's too much. So we're on the swing set together. And I'm like, it's like, I think like the vibe is pretty clear that like we're going to make out, but I'm like, <sighs> like do I don't uh, like I'm so fucking nervous like yeah. it's like I'm a little baby who's never kissed anyone in my life before and yeah I don't honestly I feel like our knees were just kind of like hitting each other and we're like kind of swinging back and forth on the swing set and then we're kind of facing each other so like I honestly don't remember like who leaned in but one of us did and like just while we were making out I was like oh like this is why people like to make out so much and like, yeah. oh, like this is what it feels like to like really like want to have sex with someone 
for like more reason of just like being bored and horny of like yeah. of like wanting the other person. So yeah, and then and then we went to our tent and oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we everyone lives in tents. So we went to her tent. Oh my god. And we, like, I was imagining like a cabin bunk bed situation. Tent. tent. Yeah. Yes. We got hot. Yeah, it is. It, it was good. Um yeah, and we like went down on each other. And I think and I, I had told like it was it felt very safe because before there was any kind of like sexual tension between us, I had been like, yeah, I've never like really done this before and I really want to and I'm scared I'll do a bad job because I don't know how I've never done it before type thing um so like she already knew that you know so it's not like we're like in this like hot makeup moment and I had to be like um by the way I don't know what I'm doing it was you know what I mean so it was very like comfortable and and did she tell you what she wanted like what was your communication like if you remember or did it just I feel like communication you know like okay I remember she was like she said specifically, she used this word. I thought it was funny. She was like, can I touch your tits? And I honestly think like no one had ever asked me that before. I oh. know. So like that just like already felt so like. It's beautiful. Yeah. Just like, wow. Like this person respects me and like respects the fact that maybe I don't want them to. And I I did want them to and they did. And it was fun. And, you know, so it, it was, I think, maybe also one of the first times that it was like verbally communicated what we wanted and what we liked and yeah and I think can you do off the top of your mind or brain in that moment or just sense what are some of the communication words that you use just in an effort yeah. for all of us to help practice um okay I would just say like like I I like like biting so if I'm making out with someone and I'll kind of maybe like give them like a light bite and then pull away and be like do you like that like is it okay if I bite you And then, like, before I touch, like, especially I think a lot of people who I have sex with now, like, are gender nonconforming people Mm -hmm. or, like, non-binary or queer. And I just think there's, I think a lot of people have issues with their bodies, but I think there's definitely a higher trend and probability that, like, a trans or queer person has some, like, just, like, intense kind of, um, I don't know, just a lot of feelings about their physical body. So Mm -hmm. I'm always very... Like, is it, can I touch your chest or can I touch your boobs? Um, Mm. So just always like asking, you know, like before, maybe if we're like, okay, like they said, yes, I've been touching their boobs. We've been making out like my hands kind of like around the rim of their pants. And I'm just like, can I like put my hand in your pants? Can I touch you there? Or like, yeah. So I think just asking. (laughs) Great. Yeah. And then what about things like, uh, style wise yeah like like just harder softer what kind of words yeah, do you like mean? I think those words like you know maybe if I'm about to go down on someone like you know all of them be like what do you like and it's there's so many people and me included I think I'm a lot better about it now but it's just so hard for people to say what they like yeah. they just get all shy and giggly or like you know like uh, sheepish and are like I don't know yeah I don't know and it's like okay well like I want you to like this so it's like you know obviously throughout this whole thing like I'm also trying to just be in tune with their body and like see how their body responds to the way I'm touching them and use that in combination with like verbal consent what they like so yeah I'll just be like what do you like like the it's it's really nice. I the last person that I recently had sex with, like I think our communication has been like amazing and that's been mm-hmm. really good. Like we're just I don't even I don't know why we're just both 
even the first time we had sex, just like very comfortable about being like, what do you like? And the person will just answer like, oh, I like it. If you like start like with your tongue on my pussy soft and then like go a little bit harder as you're like been doing it for a while. And it's just like, cool. I'm, it's so great that you told me that because now amazing. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and now yeah. I can do that and you'll like it. That's awesome. So yeah, that's been cool. So on that note, what do you like? <laughs> Details, as much detail okay. as possible. Um, I and really, I know it changes. Yeah, totally. I really like biting. Mm-hmm. Um, on your pussy? No, not on my pussy. Okay. But like on like my neck and my lips and like my nipples. Mm. and how hard can you be bitten I think like pretty hard (laughs) (laughs) like I think like I say that because people are like okay and they're like biting me and I'm like I didn't like no like harder and then like it like takes a while for them to be like oh like this hard is okay and Mm -hmm. I'm like yeah that's how I like it and they're like depending on the person like maybe a little freaked out or maybe just like oh like okay I thought that would hurt you and I'm like well yeah (laughs) it's kind of the point yeah yeah Um, but yeah and then I don't know. I I guess I like someone to maybe like start with their hands just kind of like rubbing like outside my underwear Mm -hmm. and then ultimately like, yeah, like going down on me like with their tongue on my clit and... Outside, inside? Um, I guess... Swirly around? Yeah, like I think a combination. Zora. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think like a lot. Like I think, okay, like I like someone to kind of like... Like, be, like, experimental in the way that, like, Mm. they're using their tongue on my, like, whole vagina and, like, entire area. And, um, but then I think for, like, the grand finale of me coming, like, it's just, like, intense on the clit. It's, like, well, because, honestly, it's, like, if someone started out intense on my clit, I probably would just come in five seconds. So Mm. I like them to, like, drag it out a lot. I Mm -hmm. love that. I agree. I think the... I think my initial resistance to answering the what do you like question was because I didn't want stuff to be over really fast. Mm, mm-hmm. And so I love what you said because I feel the same way about just the exploration of my body. Mm-hmm. And I love the time and the process. Mm-hmm. And it's not about doing the things to make me come right away. Mm-hmm. It's about everything that leads mm-hmm. up to it. And I getting teased is my number like if I had to sum it up in one way getting teased is my number one favorite thing yeah like if someone were literally to just lay their cupped hand over my vagina for like yeah. minutes I would I'd be dying yeah. I'd be like more let me grunt and like if I was like tied down so I couldn't move and I'd be like ah. yeah no I I agree I really like I really like both I guess maybe I'd say I'm a switch because like I really love teasing people like I love someone to just, like, want it for me so bad and, like, be, yeah. like, borderline, like, begging me to, like, go down on them or do whatever and yeah. make them come. And then the same, like, I love it to be really drawn out and, like, someone's, like, been spending time, like, with my, with me and just, like, you know, laying in bed with me and doing a lot of different things that turn me on until, like, finally I'm ready to come. And I love that. Yeah. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health, but if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com consult with one of their licensed medical providers, 
And once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I, too, love having a hard cock. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. <laughs> What's the ideal length of time for a sex... Session. Mm-hmm. Sex. What's what's the actual word yeah. for that? Sex. I think maybe sex session works. <laughs> Is there a real word? Sex session. Okay. Sex session. Yeah. Sex session. <laughs> what's the ideal length of time you'd prefer to have sex? Is yeah. there one? Um, I mean, I think I'm a pretty, like, horny person. I'm pretty down. Like, if we have time to do it and we both want to, like, let's do it. Even yeah. if that's like, so I'm like down, I guess, for a quickie if we're like about to go somewhere, but we're both really turned on and really horny. Like, yeah, that's fun. Let's make each other come like as quickly as possible. That's great. But if we like have, you know, if we're like laying in bed together and it's we're about to just like sleep in the same bed and we don't have to wake up early the next day, like I'd love to have sex for like two or three hours. Awesome. <laughs> cool. I love that. I love hearing the range too. That's my yeah. favorite. Because there really is no one answer yeah. fits all, but I just I like to ask. The, okay. So to the tent okay <laughs> back to the tent do you remember how long it lasted and what your feelings were um, like and did you talk afterward did you spend the night in the tent do you I, know I did spend the night in the tent I did because like it's That's a, so sweet it, it was cute yeah and I had and I I was a camp counselor so like I had like 12 children to like <laughs> I completely forgot about that part of the story like I was like oh yeah Okay, I had a co-counselor, so, like, it was my night off, so I was, like, allowed to do that. Okay. But, like, it's still expected that even if I, like, go out and, like, go down to the river and maybe, like, have a few beers, like, it's expected I'll be back by, like, or not necessarily expected, but it's just... I like, guess what I usually would do is be back by like two or three like or end up even, in the morning. Yeah. But to kind of be like making my way back, like when the sun had already risen and like some people who are like the early risers are awake and I'm like, oh my <laughs> God, I'm like, like, I mean, the, you know, the quote is walk of shame, but it was more like a walk of just like glory and excitement yes, for me. <laughs> I love that walk of glory and excitement. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow, I finally did it. It was so much fun. I'm gay. And I so know that was it. your aha moment. Yeah. Just, just having sex with this person. Mm. Yeah. And then what happened? Um, okay. So, okay. Well, I have something to say about having sex with them that I think you just might find interesting. So like, I was so scared to go down on someone. And, you know, and she was kind of like, just like, do it. It's fine. Like, you know, just try it. I'll tell you if I like it or don't like it. And like, she liked it. And what I was, what I was thinking about is I I had dated a guy who was like really good at going down on me. Basically the only way that I would come during sex is if he would go down on me. Mm. And I just was like, what does he do to me? Like, what did he do with this time? I literally just tried to be like, like from a very like scientific, like observant perspective, like what? 
tongue motions was that person using when I was experiencing pleasure and tried to just like, and I know like all people are different, but I just tried to do what he did to me and I did and it worked. And so it's like, cool, that wasn't that bad. Also, I was, I remember a few, I think a few days later, I had, I called one of my best friends from childhood who's also queer um, and had already slept with women before. So I called her and was just like, oh my God, like I did it. Like, and she had known that I had been wanting to, like, have sexual experiences with a girl for a Did you a really call her time. from the camp? Like, I'm imagining you on a payphone or something. Yeah. Um, I kind of, I know, I don't think it was. It okay, was on okay. my cell phone. So it must have been a bit later. Okay. But I remember calling her, like, so excited and telling her. And I was like, it didn't even taste bad. And she was like, bitch, obviously it didn't taste bad. <laughs> That's the fucking patriarchy. And cultural misogyny trying to tell you that pussy tastes bad like pussy tastes great like I'm glad you finally know it (laughs) I love that you said that I also had that same fear Mm -hmm. and or it was this like I could enjoy women but maybe I'm not wired correctly to do it yeah and that I've never actually run up against any flavor Male or female, honestly. <laughs> I mean, and I have like licked people's buttholes. And so I've yet to find something that was enough to make me be like, hey, please go shower. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Right? And it, that was such a fear. I was like, like, and I, it just, it, it's so fucked up. Like, I remember yeah. being, I guess I considered myself bi at the time and I was in college and my friends would be like, I don't know if we would start talking about sex and how I really want to have sex with a girl or like you know, really want to have sex in like a queer relationship or my friends would be like, so like, you think you could like eat pussy? Like you think you'd be down there? Like I'm like down to make out with the girl, but like, I don't think I could go down on a girl. Like that sounds fucking gross. Like just, just that was so common. Anytime bisexuality, experimenting with women came up with any of my like sexually fluid friends or like friends that are like, whatever, just in some way down to experiment with the same sex or like with someone who has a vagina, it would just always come up like, I don't know, like that sounds fucking gross. Yeah. And so that I was like, oh God, what if it's gross? And like, it was not gross. (laughs) I, and the fucking double standard of like, oh, she's cool. She swallows. So it's like expected that chicks are going to like love the taste of cum. But, oh like, God. hate the taste of a vagina. Like, why? Yeah. Why? It doesn't make any sense. That's yeah, not, okay. No. Another just reason that, I like, it's it's all just so clear to me now, like, looking back. <laughs> if a dude came in my mouth, like, I would always have to spit it out. Like, if I swallowed mm. it, I would literally start gagging. Mm. <laughs> like, like, I was not. It really didn't go well for I me. I mean, that's a very... clear signal yeah yeah (laughs) so after your aha moment Mm -hmm. what then like what has dating been like for you since then or what what are your are you still nervous to talk to women Mm -hmm. how does it work yeah I'd say I'm I'm definitely at a point where I'm not nervous anymore I guess it's maybe been like two-ish years since Mm -hmm. I've been like oh I'm gay like oh that makes so much more sense about everything (laughs) are you out to your family I am yeah and how is that um it's like you know it's not perfect there's bumps along the road um but I'd say it's like you know mostly all I could ask for like they're very supportive they love me they just want me to be happy you know it's been like weird at first I think for sure like my mom has kind of come around more in terms of like being able to actually talk about it um I've, like, read her some of my, like, queer sex poems. Mostly because I thought it'd be funny. What? 
<laughs> read them to her, like in front of her, like, like read, to like, her in person. Like, yes, like we're as far apart as we oh are right god. now. Oh my god. Do you have a queer sex poem you could read to us? Yeah. Can you please read us a queer sex poem? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I also like read it to my mom. One, because honestly, I have I th- it's been something I've been working on being able to verbally express myself like in a conversation with someone. But it's been really hard for me throughout my life. And I think poetry is one way. Like, seriously, I have done this before. Like, I have so many things I want to say to a person and I just don't know how to say it to them. So I'll just write them a poem and give Mm. it to them. Like, way too long after. It's been, like, months since. But I'm like, maybe now's an appropriate time to send them a random fucking poem that I wrote about that time I couldn't have a conversation with them. I think that's great. I think that's healing. And also, sometimes it has to marinate. Yeah. But yeah, so basically I felt like my mom was asking me a lot of questions. This is, I think, how it happened. You know, I had maybe the first in-person conversation with my mom about my queerness. And and she was asking me all these questions. And I didn't, like, know how to answer them because it was my mom. And I was like, can I just read you a poem that I wrote? And she was like, okay. Great. Okay, so. Oh, this is also a poem not only that I read to my mother, but also one about my first, like, sexual experience with a girl. Yes. Okay. This poem is called My Second Puberty. (laughs) I love it already. Okay. Okay. We sit naked on a rock big enough to hold both of us. Sunlight filtered through oak trees leaves patterns on her skin. My eyes close, but the patterns stay. We trade stories about our experiences with men whose egos depended on their self-indulgent ideas of pleasure. Underwater, I wonder if when I rejoin her on our rock, she'll get lost in patterns on my skin. We trade stories about our experiences with women, blurring boundaries between friends and girlfriends. Am I the kind of friend you do that with? Our eyes stay connected for a little longer than our mouths move, and I think the answer is maybe... Our knees knock together clumsily, each of us on a separate swing set, trying to face each other, trying to touch faces with each other. I'm 15 again, and I'm so nervous. I trip over my words. The distance between our lips is so much more than inches. I'm worried we don't even speak the same language. When we kiss, I realize... I'm not 15 anymore. I'm not kissing a boy and wondering why everyone wants to make out like all the time. When we kiss, I realize, oh, this is what it's supposed to be like. And now I want to make out like all the time. (laughs) That's amazing. And you read that to your mom? (laughs) Yeah, I read it to my mom. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love it. Yeah. That's gorgeous. (laughs) Thank you. How do you tell the difference between friend friends and sex friends? Because that's something I personally Mm -hmm. am unclear on. And with my straight friends, I'm always like, oh, am I going to be creepy? And with clients too, with people, with everyone I encounter, I'm like, am I being creepy? I don't know. I don't know. So I'm just like. Well, I feel like that's also just part of like, honestly, like the societal trauma we as queer people experience because it's like so shameful to be queer in any way or to like like someone of the same gender because it's mm-hmm. framed as this like like you're a predator like that's a huge thing that gay people have been you know told that they're predators they're not allowed to be around children like oh. thank god that's no longer I have to share my frame because it's different oh, my okay. frame of reference is 
when men force attention on me, they suck. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a predator like them. Yeah. So mine is framed in like, that's where my th- thoughts are coming from. Okay. Just yeah. to share that too. Yeah, no, that's totally true. So I think, I think, I guess I feel like the times where I've been like, oh my God, like, is this, I don't really have these thoughts, but I have had them before. Like, it was this like straight girl going to like think I'm weird and creepy and like want to have sex with her, like just because I'm a gay person type of thing. And like, oh, I don't want to like out myself or I don't want to talk about like my sexual experiences or what I like in another person because I don't want them to like become freaked out that I'm like trying to, I don't know, seduce them. Mm -hmm. But yeah, also I think that's another reason why like my experiences with women and non-binary people or like people who have been like conditioned female have been so positive is because we're all afraid of that. Like we've all experienced a really uncomfortable sexual advance from a cis man that we didn't want. And we never want to perpetuate that feeling because it felt so bad. Yeah. And I think that's where like, and it's not like every queer person has perfect communication skills, but I feel like that's (laughs) why, I feel like that's why a lot of my experiences with queer people have been better because we're at least both on the same page that you just said of like, well, I remember when that guy just touched my boobs without asking and I really didn't enjoy it. And I never want to do that to this person. Mm -hmm. So like, how can I make sure they want it? I could ask them. That sounds like a logical thing I could do. Okay. I think I actually also now have a different version of this question that I was maybe trying to originally ask. Okay. Yeah. I probably didn't even answer. No, no, no. You did. You did. I didn't articulate I guess as a person who's attracted to like 90% of the world, I'm like, okay, that's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It's too many people Mm -hmm. to sleep with. And even if I did sleep with all of them, I like most, I like so many people, Mm -hmm. but then like, where are the boundaries? And Mm -hmm. so when I feel friend attraction, particularly when I am friends with people, I mean, it's the same thing with, yeah, when I'm attracted to friends that might want to fuck me, Mm -hmm. I always, I don't always know where to draw the lines. Lovers, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor. And they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice. So I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know the Flora app is a safe place to open up, embrace your desires, and find like-minded people? This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities. All thanks to Flora. As life's routine settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories. So they downloaded Floor and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Floor's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Floor App celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Fleur invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Fleur now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. How do you do it? Yeah, I mean, like, 
I don't know. Like, I'm a cancer. Like, I feel like I there are no... I can't really make that separation. Like, mm. I'll just... I definitely catch feels, like, so easy in, like, five seconds. Like, that's it's not... like you love everyone. I love Cancer's everyone. So, I'm Pisces moon, so I'm yeah. like, ah, the ocean of love. Yeah, like, love it's, like, everyone. the idea... And, I mean, here's... And, again, I just, like, I feel like it comes back to... It's, like, oh, it's not like I was able to separate love and sex. I'm just gay. <laughs> like, because mm. mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. definitely had more... I've never really had, like, a casual relationship... Or, or a relationship without any feelings, like, with right. a woman or non-binary person. So, like, yeah, I think I – to answer to your question is how do I separate? Like, I don't separate. I don't know where to draw lines. Mm. Like, I – yeah. I, That's a great answer, though. Yeah. <laughs> and then you see how stuff unfolds. Yeah. And, you know, ultimately a lot of times it's like, okay, I have all these feelings for you. And I'm having trouble expressing them. And, ah, like, I can't, I, like, I can't do this anymore because I, like, I don't know. It's, like, because, like, I'm in love with you and I don't think you're in love with me and this isn't working Mm. out. (laughs) For sure, for sure, for sure. Okay. What are some, do you have any bucket list items or fantasies that you would like Mm -hmm. to share, things you want to do in your sex life? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm definitely interested in, like, being domed by... I don't know, I guess a sexy lady or <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> or just like, or I don't, I, yeah, I'm interested in being domed. Um, what kind of domination are you interested in? Like, I don't know. I really like, I wouldn't consider myself part of like the kink community. Um, just, I haven't really like spent any time yeah. there. I'm definitely interested in it. And so I'm not very knowledgeable about it. Like, I don't know. I just sounds hot. I guess I like being tied up. Great. Like, I don't know, it just sounds hot for someone to just, like, take control and have their let, way with Yeah, you. let them do kind of whatever they want. This is my personal favorite. Yeah. I'm like, go. I'm going to lay here. You <laughs> tell me what to do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But then also I'm kind of interested in doming someone. Because yeah. I guess I, I'd say at my core I'm a true switch. Great. I just really like both. So, yeah. That's but awesome. I just don't think I could take myself seriously. I think I'd be like tell them something in like a powerful voice and then just like start laughing so hard. That like, could be your style though. You could discover it. <laughs> okay. Because there's, I guarantee you there are subs out there that would like love the order and then also appreciate the giggle. Yeah. My master is very, giggle. my master's personality is really integrated with his self. Yeah. My master is still funny when he's a dumb is what I'm trying to cool. say. Got it. Uh, one time, for example, I was like bending over presenting myself, which is how we begin our like formal sessions. Mm -hmm. And I was wearing like a heavy bejeweled metal butt plug. And it was great. It's beautiful. (laughs) Uh, With my birthday butt plug. (laughs) The first gift he ever got me. Uh, And it popped out and rolled away and he was <laughs> filming us. And so like, he was like filming my ass, like presenting. And then he just like pans over with it across the ground. And that was really early on. And I think that's like a moment that I actually was like, Oh shit. I really like this guy. Yeah. He's so fucking funny. Yeah. And, cool. and he didn't break the energy of, of our session. Mm-hmm. He went and got it washed off and put it back in. But mm-hmm. it was like a moment where I just, the way that he rolls with the punches and that in that sense, I still feel free to be my goofy fucking self, mm. but also still be like a, a wonderfully servicing submissive. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm cool. just, I'm just throwing okay, that out there. Maybe I'll just ideas. be the goofiest Dom. In the I mean, world. whatever. <laughs> if someone would listen to you is what I'm saying. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> 
What do you have any best or worst stories? Like since your beautiful tent story, do you have any other juicy things you can share with us? Or you were telling me that you had spent some time in Wyoming too. So maybe a little bit about the culture there and what it's mm-hmm. like that experience to be with your. Yeah. So in Wyoming, like, you know, there weren't that many gay people um, that I, I mean, I think just generally there's not that many. I actually, the two like girls who I hooked up with when I was in Wyoming, I met them at parties or one of them I met at a bar because she had a, a rainbow flag pin on her jacket. And I was like, are you gay? And I was like, I'm gay. Did you just ask it out loud? Like uh, that? Yeah, I think because I think we'd been like chatting and I, like, this is so like sad and bad. I was like, I don't know. I was like, whatever. Like, oh, I'm talking to some straight girl. Like, okay, blah, blah, blah. Where are you from? I don't really give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> polite conversation yeah making polite conversation in a bar slightly tipsy with whoever's next to me and then literally like I don't know maybe we got onto the dance floor and we're just like whatever just being silly dancing and I just like she like turned and I saw this pin and I think I like grabbed her and was like are you gay she's like yeah and I was like I had no idea she's like yeah that's why I have the pin because no one thinks I'm gay (laughs) (laughs) wait so if I wear a rainbow pin will women talk to me more Yes. Because I really thought when I shaved my head that I'd get hit on. I don't at all. Like by women. By women. Mm, No. That's, I shaved my head and got hit on a lot more. So just, I look very femme. Like my face shape is very (laughs) femme. femme. I know. Or queer femmes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Definitely. That is actually a highly, I think, talked about topic of how do you, like, how do you out yourself to other gay people? And one of the, I think, first things that a lot of people say will be like, oh, just wear some gay shit. Like, wear a gay pin, wear a gay shirt. Like, just something that's very much like, I am gay. Talk to me. very obvious, but this is a little aha moment for me. Yeah, no, I love it. Yeah, get a little rainbow (laughs) pin. And when you go out, like, just put it on your jean jacket. Maybe you'll make out with me because that's how I made out with someone in Wyoming. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, so then the other person I met, because I had Tinder there, which is oftentimes how I meet people. Okay. And there's like four people on Tinder. You know, you like swipe four times and then it's like, there are no more gay people in your area. I guess Tinder probably doesn't say gay people, but you know what <laughs> I mean. But we know what it means. We know the what pre- it means. Those preferences are set. Yeah. <laughs> and so the next person I met, who I ended up having like a longer relationship with like my whole time while I was there. Um, yeah, we met at a party. Oh, this is again. Oh, here. This is a great story about the culture in Wyoming. Oh, God, I love the story. Okay, so it was Christmas in Wyoming. And my, like, I was alone because I was a snowboard instructor. So I had to work on Christmas. And my dad had flown home to, like, be with my other family. But I had, like, committed to this job. So I had to stay there and work. So I, like, had no, no plans for Christmas. And it was Christmas Day. And I was, like, on the slopes working. And one of my coworkers was like, oh, what are you doing tonight? And I was like, oh, like, I don't, I don't, I'm not doing anything. And he's like, oh, like, I'm going to a dinner party. You want to come? And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. And he was like 30. And so I was, I don't know, maybe like 22 at the time. So like, oh, wow. Like I'm going to a dinner party with a 30 year old. Like, okay. Like I'm going to be so adult. Like, look at me. I graduated college. You're and making me feel old. parties on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, just wait. Don't worry. So I, I love to cook. So I go home. I get, I'm such a fucking dork. I'm like so excited. And I go to the store and I like make all of my favorite side dish vegetable platters and like all of these different dishes 
I actually made four side dishes and was like, that's aggressive. I can't bring four. I can't oh even gosh. carry them all. I can't bring four dishes to a <laughs> dinner party. I literally, I had, I was living with my dad at the time. So I like stole his nice wine. Like oh I have God. no idea how much that wine was. Sorry, dad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I decided on only bringing two of my vegetable dishes and my wine, my dad's wine. And so I come to the dinner party and I'm like very excited. And I get there and I wear, you know, just like my Sunday best. Mm-hmm. Like I'm looking very adult. And I arrive and it is just a fucking frat party. Like, <laughs> like just like so many dudes in a room, like chugging beers and like playing drinking games. And there's like the and it was at a like girl's house. So I was like, oh, cool. Maybe I'll meet some girls because there are there is just more men. I think it's a thing in all mountain towns. Like there's just more dudes than women. Huh. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, cool. Maybe I'll actually become friends with some girls in Wyoming. And because I knew it was at a girl's house where four girls lived. The only other girls there were like the four girls who lived there. Oh, my God. And so I come with all my vegetables and my wine. (laughs) (laughs) Like nobody like is paying me any fucking mind. And I'm like so excited to like have someone try my food. And then, you know, whatever, I like start getting a little bit drunk and like engaging with the, you know, the ski culture of getting drunk when you're not skiing. And so um, I like get a little drunk and I actually like saw this girl and I was just like, I was a little drunk and I was like, oh fuck, she's so pretty. Like, I want to go talk to her. And so I just did. She's also one of the only other girls there. So I go start talking to her and she's like, and I, I had just left my food there and I was like, oh man, like no one ate my food that I brought. And one of the dishes was Brussels sprouts. And then I was kind of like being a big dark and like, because somebody had made food, but it was like breaded chicken. Right, yeah. And so I was like standing next to the like breaded chicken platter, be like, do you want some of my Brussels sprouts that I made? And they're like, ew, fuck no. Like, that's gross. I hate Brussels sprouts. Like, whose grandma brought those? And I was like, um, my, me? And then this girl's like, oh, please, can I have some? And just started like eating all my vegetables with her hands. Um, yeah. And was like, oh my God, I don't eat meat. And there's only meat at this party. And I'm so hungry. And I was like, well, I brought two sides of vegetables that not one other person wants. Will you eat them? And she's like, yes. So yeah, that was cute. And we, I guess, kind of like casually dated, but we were both just there for the season. So I think it was very known that there was kind of an expiration date on the relationship sort of, because like we were both going back to where we came from. So yeah, and that like we had great sex. That was you did yeah. yeah talk about the sorry sex. the sex. Um, <laughs> it was just like so much fun. So I guess oh I had dated someone a little bit before that. That was maybe like the third, third or fourth. I think maybe the third girl I'd ever slept with. Um, where did you do like your dad's house? Her so she was from Paraguay, and there's oh, cool. actually a bunch of South Americans that come to Jackson Hole in the winter because there's some program that just like allows them to like travel to the States and live in this beautiful place. And it just like sets it all up for them. Awesome. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what program it is, but there's a lot of South American people in Jackson, Wyoming in <laughs> the wintertime. Great. I mean, probably the summertime too. I don't know. But yeah, so she had been set up with her own like motel room. Like she lived in a motel room for the winter and she just lived there by herself. Oh, cool. So yeah, we would go there and have sex. Motel sex. <laughs> motel sex. Yeah. Was it noisy? Were the walls thin? I'm sure they were. Yeah, I'm sure lots of people heard us have sex. <laughs> Are you noisy? Um, I think it depends what you're doing to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great answer. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I definitely make some noise. 
What's your opinion? This is one of my favorite questions. What's your opinion on butt sex? Okay. My opinion on butt stuff 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 is what I'm trying to say. Is that like, I wish that I liked it. Like, I feel like, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like conceptually, like it's something that I should like. Why? Why do you feel that way? Just because I feel like, because I feel like other people like it. And I (laughs) (laughs) like, no, because like other people like experience pleasure from butt stuff. And I like, and I, I guess my understanding was like, it's most people just have a mental block mm-hmm. because of they've been like told that butt stuff is weird. So it makes them think they don't like it. And I'm like, oh, well like, fuck that. I am an anarchist and everything anyone tells me, I want to think the opposite. So I love butt stuff. And then I like tried butt stuff and it was like, not that into it. Yeah, 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 I feel like Maybe I need to try it again. I haven't well, done it in a while. I will say it took me a long time to experience mm-hmm. my own pleasure from mm-hmm. it, but I was into it for a while because my partner was so mm-hmm. into it. And so mm-hmm. maybe that could be the key that unlocks it. And mm-hmm. that's, but also like, I sound like a butt sex pusher on this podcast. <laughs> Stop pushing butt sex. I'm not Tell pushing it. I'm not pushing it. I'm just saying like, I didn't think I liked it for a long time. And now yeah. I, it has a special place in my yeah. butt. In your butt. <laughs> there is a special place in my butt that I've discovered. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I'm, so I'm still good. looking for that special place in my butt. So, so good. Maybe, Maybe you one just day have I'll to go deeper. That, oh, that is true. Gentler, bit by yeah, bit. Yeah, that's very find true. Find the right finger or toy. Yeah, I think, <laughs> yeah. I've, I mean, I've enjoyed doing butt stuff to other people just because they liked it. Yeah. And I just like to please people. So I'm like, oh, sure. You want me to like lick your asshole? Yeah, of course I'll do that. Did that freak you out the first time though? Because um, the first time I was like, oh, oh, okay. But because I was being ordered to do it, I was like, I will do this. I probably wouldn't do it any other way. Yeah, I think... No, like the first time I ever tried butt stuff, like I was with like someone who I had been dating and we were both just like, why have we both never done this? Like, like we should do this. And I didn't know it was a thing. Yeah. And then like, we did it and like he loved it. And I was like, I don't really love this, but I'll lick your butt as much as you want me to because yeah. you like it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. The, the love story of butt. The love story of butt. <laughs> if you could go back in time. Mm-hmm. And give yourself a piece of sex advice. Mm-hmm. What age would it be and what would you say? Um, I guess it would probably be... I guess probably when I was like 18. So I had just gone to college. And I had a lot of feelings about like being queer that I just didn't know how to articulate or process. And so I guess my advice to myself as an 18-year-old is just like straight sex with cis men is not the only kind of sex that exists and you don't have to try to force yourself to like it. Yeah, I think that's what I would tell myself. Great. <laughs> Love that answer. We already covered your fantasies. What's the most public place you've had sex? Or what's a public place you would like to have sex? Mm, okay, Um. well, this one I think is just hilarious. Um, my college boyfriend. Hi, Kitty. <laughs> we really both like had this special connection to a chapel on our campus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like in like a very like kind of like a spiritual way. Like we'd like to go there just to like kind of like meditate and relax. And they have these little books and we like to write notes in them. Like that's what you're supposed to do. That's what they're mm-hmm. made for. Mm-hmm. And so before we like, well, I don't know, I guess... We just were like, we should fuck there. 
Just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And then we and then we did at like two p.m. and a someone walked Where? in what? in the chapel. Like just in it? Yeah, like it's a tiny little chapel. And we had spent so much time there and nobody had ever come in. Like we knew obviously it was a public space, but yeah. it kind of like felt like it was Your this cute little special. space that we shared. So we were just like fucking at 2 p.m. in the chapel on my college campus and someone walked in like probably to fucking pray. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Did they like see? Oh Did yeah, they, they were like, oh, and just like walked out. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. Like we just laughed so hard. Did you finish or did you leave? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I don't remember. Like I would say that like knowing me and my personality, like I probably would make us finish. Cause I'd be like, well, we already fucking are here and we already Amazing. didn't, we already scared someone away. Like what oh are the God. odds another person's gonna come in? <laughs> <laughs> what if they came back? They're like, they must be done now. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So yeah, that's probably the place. Amazing. <laughs> Do you have any questions you would like to ask me? Mm-hmm. Oh, I wish I had prepared. Hmm. I guess, I guess how did you get, like, how did you initially get started in kinky stuff? I, about two years ago, I was newly back from South America and was sleeping with my, like a a guy that I'd been seeing before I left six months earlier. And I really liked him and I thought he liked me. He was fucking weird. I mean, he's nice, whatever. But Mm -hmm. we were just having very disconnected sex. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I don't know what's up with, like, I don't know why this is so disconnected. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what is going on with my sex life? Like, will I ever have connected sex Mm -hmm. again? And then what floated into my brain was, I've always wanted to be tied up. (laughs) And... Pretty soon thereafter, I was with a couple of my friends or my, my friends who are a couple and I was sleeping with them and I had shared that and was like, I've always wanted to be tied up. So we took turns tying each other up that night in a very light, like with a silk tie sort of way. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I was like, I want to be tied up. And I went on the internet and the first person who messaged me that wasn't creepy on FetLife was my master. Oh, cool. And I really just jumped in because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I wanted like to be taught. <laughs> and I stumbled upon an ethical human who yeah. sort of was like, hold on, let me explain stuff to you. Yeah. And that was kind of what opened it all up to me. And I still don't really even consider myself part of the kink community. Mm-hmm. I would say I'm in the kink world, but I'm uh, like I only have baby tendrils out into the community, which is mostly for time purposes. Like I'm, I, I have plans to expand, but yeah, and I loved it right away. Mm-hmm. And I think it, there was a feeling of safety and security in the literal direction. And I felt turned on in a way I'd never been turned on before. I mean, it also, the first night that I was with him, he we got a hotel room. And when I arrived, he had the whole thing like laid out beautifully. Like, like there was like the, the flogger and the... <laughs> Riding crop crossed on the bed and the straps arranged just so and like toys spread around everywhere and like snacks. It was like a playground in the hotel room all over. And someone just like put in all the effort for you. He put in all the effort and then he just told me what to do. And he had like porn set up for us to watch to start with because I was very nervous. I'm always very nervous when I have sex with new people. Mm -hmm. And that night I was just like, I really like this and it was at the end of that night when he was just like what if you never had to be embarrassed 
around me mm. that I was like, oh, Durr. yeah. So yeah, hooked, but did not realize the intensity mm-hmm. that kink opened up in sex for me. So mm-hmm. that's I don't know. Anyway, long answer. Cool. Yeah. I, I like long answers. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for being a guest on this podcast. I'm so excited for other humans to hear this episode. Do you want to say your social? Sure. I'm at S-H-A-I-N-A-R-O-S-E-W-O-O-L-L-E-Y-A-R-T. So Shana Rose Woolley Art. Yeah. And before we leave you, you'll get one final treat. The poem that Shana referenced earlier about their first boyfriend, we decided to play at the end for you. So listen, enjoy, and then go out and share a sex story or maybe even a sex poem. I've written a lot of poems about it. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, so I was like, can we read one? How do we um, find one? Can I, we link to it? Do you have one on your phone? I probably, yeah. Oh my God, let's read a poem. <laughs> okay. Hmm. This is like an intense, like, melodramatic poem. So everyone prepare. Great. Hmm? When you said I love you, what I couldn't say was how I knew I loved you from the summer day when I forgot my shoes while you walked me to your favorite beach. You forced me to wear yours, even though the ground was so hot it gave your sores. From the first time your hand wrapped around mine, leaving a smile cemented on my face, causing my heart to go off pace, or insisted we take the scenic route so you could spend more time trying to count my freckles, or because when I got tongue-tied trying to explain my feelings for you and ended up burying my face in the pillow, you just sat there smiling because I was in front of you, or the fact that I was never really sad anymore because even when I was sad, on the back of my mind, I always had you, and just knowing that you were mine was enough to rebuff any scratches in my day. And my friends were starting to get annoyed because the only words that formed on my tongue involved something you'd say, and you sang songs to me that you'd never sang to anyone, and I gave things to you that I'd never gave to anyone. And the only thing that felt more divine than the warmth of the sand was your body pressed next to mine. But instead, I said... Me too. When you said, I have to go now, what I couldn't say was that I was so mad at you for leaving me when we both knew you didn't have to choose a place so far away, and that the day that I had been dreading for what felt like eternity had finally come today, and that no matter what everyone said to me about this love fading out, I knew in my heart that you were someone I couldn't do without. Because of the way you understood me and laughed at all my stupid jokes or took me to see my favorite band, even though you don't like folk. Not everybody who told me to break it off now was full of shit because they weren't in it. This was between me and you, and I knew my heart would always have a space big enough for you. But I couldn't lie. I was scared. You might slip through my hands like the sand. But instead I said, I'll miss you. When I said, we need to talk. What I couldn't say was how what I once thought was impossible became reality, and my heart that once swelled for you had shriveled up, just like the length of our phone conversations and all the promises you made me before you left, and that I should have listened to everyone who told me it was never going to work out. Now all I did was sit around and pout about someone who didn't think of me nearly as much as you consumed my thoughts. 
but then again, I sometimes found myself thinking about someone else who wasn't you, but if I wasn't doing that, I was just staring at shoes, watching all the feet scramble past me while I stood still, not knowing what to do. And now when I heard our song, I turned it off because I didn't want another reason to be thinking of you. And I didn't go to the beach anymore because there were too many memories with just us two that I was no longer happy. And when I was sad, I was really sad and I was always sad now. But instead I said, I can't do this anymore. When they said, you're with her now, what I couldn't say was how I felt my heart drop down and get tangled in my organs. And I wondered if your feet were still scarred from the burning asphalt. And if they were, if that was the only thing that made you still think of me or if I was already a forgotten memory. And if you played her the same songs you played me, and if you touched her the same way you touched me, and that I knew my creeping suspicions about your feelings for her were always a little bit true, and if you were just doing this to get back at me because the knife that you stabbed in my heart had already gone all the way through, and I thought this sinking feeling you gave to me had already passed, but it came back with a vengeance when I thought it was something in my past, and that I thought my heart was permanently lost somewhere inside of me, like your keys that day in the sand, or maybe it had just fallen out like the way you fell out of love with me. But instead I said, I don't care. And when I saw you, what I couldn't say was that you were the only one I had ever loved. And you taught me why you should never put all your trust in one person because you might end up with trust issues and a giant box of tissues or just a hole in your soul from where yours was once intertwined with mine? And how could two souls that had become one divide back into two? Because I think you took a part of mine with you, leaving the roses and my heart with only the thorn stems, deprived of water and no light to lend. And I realized you were kind of like the sand from the beach that I love to lay in because it warms me up. But once I was done and wanted it gone, the sand followed me everywhere leaving grains in my car, in my house, in my soul. But instead I said, it's nice to see you. <laughs>